What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chewing, a baseball podcast. My name is Mike Brown. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. On today's show, I will be joined by Justin Anderson. Justin is uh, one of three hosts, I believe, of the Bat Flips and Maple Dips Blue Jays podcast. You can find them on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. We talk all things Blue Jays, uh, some surprises, some of their key uh, players that have gotten off to a good start, um, and kind of projecting them uh, into the playoffs uh, in 2020. But before we get into that, it's been a wild couple weeks uh, since the last podcast. Uh, We've had the trade deadline, which went off um, kind of as expected. Uh, One of the bigger moves uh, was Mike Clevenger headed to the Padres. Uh, the Padres gave up more kind of a quantity package back to the Indians rather than kind of quality kind of guys. The Padres didn't really sacrifice any of their top prospects. No Mackenzie Gore, uh, nobody like that. Um, and the other kind of headline is that a lot of the kind of uh, some of the starting pitchers that we thought would 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 uh, would change teams, the Lance Lynn's, the Dylan Bundy's stayed put. Uh, the Yankees kind of stayed put. The Dodgers were actually sellers, which is crazy that a team like that could be a seller and, and, and still be fine And uh, how, with how good they are. Two nights ago, the Atlanta Braves set the NL record for runs in a game. They put up a 29 spot against the Miami Marlins, which was absolutely insane. Adam Duvall hit three home runs, caps it off with a grand slam. Um, which is which is kind of funny. Uh, a few weeks back, Fernando Tatis Jr. got a lot of flack for breaking some sort of uh, unwritten rule uh, by swinging 3-0 and hitting a grand slam against the Rangers when the Padres were already up six or seven runs. Uh, in this Braves-Marlins game, the Braves were up, I think, like 25 to uh, 25 to eight or something, and Duvall hit, hits a grand slam. Uh, you know, probably breaking some sort of ridiculous unwritten rule, but uh, very exciting stuff. Um, I think this is kind of what, what baseball needs. You know, we need big, big scores, three homer games, people not caring about breaking some sort of unwritten rule. So good stuff all around. Looking forward to the postseason, which crazily enough is not that far away. I believe we're two weeks out now, something like that. Right now, this, uh, the standings in the American League, you got the A's and then one seed, the Rays and the two seed. Rays are kind of running away with the AL East. Uh, White Sox got the three seed, Twins at four, Blue Jays at five, which we'll get into later with Justin Anderson. Astros at six, Indians at seven, and Yankees at eight. Uh, Yankees had a bit of an interesting week. Uh, they lost two out of three to the Blue Jays. Uh I think last week they were not, I mean, the last two weeks have not been great for the Yankees still without a lot of their big players. Um, still waiting for the Aaron judges, the Giancarlo Stantons uh, to come back from injuries last season. They were able to kind of absorb a lot of the injuries that they had with some of their, you know, the guys like Mike Talkman and, and so on and so forth. But uh, they haven't really, lucked out as much this season. Gary Sanchez is in the middle of a really bad slump, uh, kind of a season long slump, to be honest. And yeah, they're in the eighth seed right now in the, in the playoffs and, uh, the, the postseason standings, whatever they're calling it this season. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, 
I think they got two really good performances today. One from Garrett Cole. Uh, they swept the Orioles in one of these doubleheader, seven-inning doubleheaders. Um, so, yeah, they're looking to get back on track. In the National League, no surprise here. Dodgers are 32-13. and 13, Absolutely insane. They're in the one seed. Braves at two. Cubs at three. Padres at four. Phillies at five. Cardinals at six, who have probably played only 10 games. Uh, I'm kidding. I think they've played... Looks like they've played 38 games. They're 19 and 19. Marlins at the seven seed. Giants at the eight seed. Just so, just looking at this, the eight seed in the American League, the Yankees are 24 and 21. Eight seed in the National League, the Giants are 23 and 22. It's kind of crazy to look at these standings and see that the Giants and the Marlins have <laughs> have uh, two playoff spots. Um, it's 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 pretty wild, you know. Teams like the Mets, the Reds. The Nationals uh, sitting outside the playoff picture by a few games um, heading into this. Pirates are awful. They're 14 to 28. And yeah, going back to the American League, the teams that are kind of that you would expect um, are kind of there. Um, Blue Jays are a bit of a surprise. Uh, Orioles are now, after these Yankees, after the Yankees won these last two games, they're a couple games out now, uh, about I think two and a half, three games behind the Yankees now. Uh, Royals are bad. Red Sox are bad. Rangers are bad. Angels are bad. Mariners are bad. Tigers are bad. Um, apart from the Angels, most of these teams we thought would be kind of where they are. Um, Angels just can't seem to put it together for Mike Trout. Um, it's just the way it is right now. <laughs> Even though they've gotten some good... Uh, good starts from Dylan Bundy. He's actually really turned a corner this season. Uh, everything else, not going well for them. So, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into my interview with Justin Anderson. Justin is a lifelong Blue Jays fan, and he is one of the hosts of the Bat Flips and Maple Dips Blue Jays podcast. So, without further ado, uh, here's my interview with Justin Anderson. Okay, so I'm now joined by Justin of Bat Flips and Maple Dips, a great uh, Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Justin, how are you doing today? Doing well, Michael. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thank you so much. The Blue Jays just took two out of three from the Yankees and currently have the fifth seed in the American League. So what has worked for the Blue Jays so far this season? Yeah, I think a lot of what's worked for the Jays stems from players stepping up. Obviously, we've we've dealt with a, a ton of injuries on the team, mostly on the pitching side of things. The bullpen up until the last few games has has been pretty great. We're, we're seeing a lot of a lot of that, uh, a lot of usage there. So we're getting some guys tired out. But I think there's been a lot of a lot of contributors. Guys have stepped up to fill the holes that Boba Shett's injury left, that Nate Pearson's injury left, that now Teoscar Hernandez and. Rowdy Telez's injuries I've had. I could go on and on, but it's really just been a, it's been a winning by committee committee approach. There's been really no no one person who's led the way. It's been a group effort. So with all the things that have gone right, obviously you guys have a, a, the fifth spot in the American League postseason mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's looking all pretty good. Um, what hasn't worked? Yeah, we saw we saw a few things. I mean. Our, our catching tandem of Reese McGuire and, and Denny Jansen to start the season didn't or hasn't provided much much offense. We saw the Jays send McGuire back to the alternate site. 
bring veteran Caleb Joseph in for a few games. And now they've actually called up a young prospect, uh, Alejandro Kirk, who hasn't played a game above high A ball. Um, to be the backup catcher behind Denny Jansen, he's a, a five foot eight, two hundred and sixty-five pound kid. So he's a pretty thick little guy, um, <laughs> which matches the rest of our offensive linemen on our team. But <laughs> yep, uh, yep. <laughs> it's 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 interesting that we we've had no offense really from the catching tandem. Um, we haven't really had any productive pitching consistently outside of Hunjin Ryu. He's been as advertised for the most part. Um, but after Matt Shoemaker went down. We, we really had a hard time finding, finding pitching. I mean, it's, it's just been a, a bit of a cluster of trying to find guys to throw more than four innings. We've really had a tough time getting distance out of those guys, and that's taxing the bullpen tremendously. So let's talk about Vlad Jr. So he's on, still only 21 years old, but really hasn't kind of taken off um, on the trajectory yet that you know Ronald Acuna has or, or Juan mm-hmm. Soto. Um, so do you think it's a matter of time before he kind of takes off and, and, you know, he still needs a little bit more time, you know, a lot of, a lot of 21 year old prospects, you know, they do need a little bit of time. I think Acuna and Soto are kind of the exception to the rule. Um, but do you think that's what he needs? Just maybe a little more time. Yeah, hundred percent. Just needs some more seasoning. We've, we've seen glimpses from five where he'll go on tears for three fifty for a few weeks then he'll go on absolute cold spells where all you can do is just chop the ball right down to the ground in front of home plate. He's still hitting the ball incredibly hard. Um, moving to first base this year, I think, kind of threw him for a loop as well. He's got to learn a new position defensively now. He spent a lot of time at DH just because of that uh, lack of defensive ability at first so far. But I think we'll see him. We'll see him progress as the years go along. Obviously, his teammates like Bo Bichette have progressed a little bit faster. Um, but I think Vladdy's going to be a guy who, by the time he's 23, this, these early career quote-unquote struggles for a guy who's still been better than league average will be uh, far in our, our review. So you spoke about Bobichet earlier. So his yeah. injury hasn't really had kind of the, uh, the negative impact on the team that, you know, you would have thought. Um, so talk mm-hmm. about some of the under-the-radar contributors um, on the team right now that are kind of really – kind of making the difference at this point. Yeah, true. I mean, obviously, Bo's only been in the lineup for 14 games this season. Looks like he might be back this weekend. But the Jays were 5-9 and nine with him in the lineup, which doesn't say much because we weren't pitching or hitting well at the time. Um, yeah, we, we've had guys step up. I mean, Kevin Biggio has done a tremendous job in the leadoff spot for us. We saw Randall Gritchuk just go on an absolute tear. Uh, yeah. And one series against Baltimore, he had 11 runs batted in in three games. Um, really drove the offense there. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez was off to arguably like an MVP caliber season. He was second in the American League in home runs, um, hitting over 300. And then he twisted his oblique, tweaked it a bit on a swing, uh, hopefully progressing well. Telez is out for the season. He stepped up in a big way too. He's been a guy that a lot of Blue Jays fans have really hoped would step up. We didn't have a ton of first base depth. Obviously, we've moved Vladdy over there now but that's a place where organization has struggled in recent years. And then guys like Jordan Romano in the bullpen, a, a good Canadian kid. We love to see Canadians do well on the Blue Jays roster. He's out yep. too right now. I, I think every guy I'm talking about is hurt <laughs> with the exception <laughs> of Randall Gritchuk. But right. we've seen even like veteran Joe Panic. We brought him in to be middle infield defensive depth and he was hitting 300 over a couple weeks stretch uh, helping the team out. So it's, it's really just been a, like a, a bunch of guys 
doing the little things. I think Kevin Biggio has really surprised a lot of people around baseball with not only his ability to, to take a walk, but also his ability to play basically any defensive position the Jays have asked him. He started some games in center field and right field. His traditional position is, is second base. They may even give him some looks at first base on weird days. Um, I think he can basically be like a Brock Holt super utility guy, but hopefully a better offensive player than Brock Holt at this point in his career. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, again, it's just really been a, a battle of, of wills as the guys have tried to fight through all these injuries. Uh, I think we're seeing it catch up to them a little bit. They've been stumbling these last few games, pitching staff, walking a ton of people, like just giving away free passes. Like they're going to six flags. Like it's bad. Yeah. I, I, I watched that game with, uh, with Taiwan Walker against the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys ended up winning that. You guys ended up winning that yes. game, but man, he had to really kind of, he had to really grind. He walked like six guys. It was a battle. Yeah. Yeah. We watched 19 guys in that three game series. <laughs> so it looks like Nate Pearson uh, will pitch out of the bullpen upon his return um, from injury. Now, obviously, um, you know, he's a future mm-hmm. stud, a future kind of ace of the rotation type prospect. Um, what, are, what are your kind of thoughts overall? I know he made a couple starts um, to start the year um, and, since, and since has been injured. But uh, what, what are your kind of initial thoughts and, and him kind of coming back and being in, not being in the rotation and being in the bullpen? Yeah, it's a smart move. I mean – until last season, uh, before last season started, Nate had like 19 innings of baseball. He had some freak injuries. His first inning of, of a ball, he got, he took a line drive off the arm and fractured his arm in this season. And then last year he managed to move from uh, a ball up to double a, up to triple a by the end of the year and only pitched like 110 innings. So he's still a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience on that arm. So rushing him back into a starter's role, trying to build him up. There's just not enough time for it this season. Obviously, the Blue Jays need so much help in the rotation right now. Um, But at the same time, we might see a lot of bullpen days, which I'm not a huge fan of personally, but it's going to be a necessity for this team. They're going to have guys like Anthony Kay and Nate Pearson and Thomas Hatch have to throw three, four innings. Ross Stripling and Robbie Ray, a couple guys we acquired. I mean, it's, it's going to be a real puzzle piece trying to get this team not only to secure like a decent playoff spot, but to succeed in that first three game set. Yeah. So you just, you spoke about some of those pieces, you know, the team mm-hmm. was highly active at the trade deadline, um, you know, yeah. picking up Jonathan VR, Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray, Ross Stripling. I mean, it, they really kind of went for quantity um, in terms of, <laughs> in terms of arms, um, you know, and, and quantity with, with upside too. Cause you know, Robbie yeah. Ray, he's kind of a, He's kind of struggled over the last kind of probably season and a half, but he has a lot of upside, strikes out a lot of guys, misses a lot of bats. Taiwan Walker really hasn't really put it together yet, you know, bouncing from the Mariners to the D-backs, back to the Mariners. But he was once kind of a highly touted guy. Um, what, what are your thoughts on these kind of bits and pieces? As you said, you know, it's kind of like putting a puzzle together. But what do you think of these guys that they picked up at the deadline? Yeah, I think the biggest piece was Taiwan Walker for sure. Um, he hasn't looked like he did in Seattle Earlier this season, he's been walking batters like we just alluded to in that Yankee start. But he does have a fiery approach. He's the kind of guy who just goes after batters. He's got that mentality that you're going to beat me in the strike zone. I'm not going to just beat around the bush kind of thing. He goes right, right after people, so I like that. Uh, the utility of Jonathan VR with the ability to steal bases, play all the middle infield positions, maybe even some outfield if needed. Um, 
I'm a big fan of the Ross Stripling pickup, actually, just because he has team control for a, for a few more years. We had to give up a good prospect in Kendall Williams to get him. But um, at the same time, I really believe that uh, Robbie Ray, if we choose to, to keep him around, hopefully they can fix him. Because like you said, yeah, he's got that swing and miss stuff, a lot of strikeouts, but he's also been walking almost as many as he's struck out, right. which isn't a recipe for success. And we've already got Tanner Rorick and Chase Anderson in our team doing that. Um, you definitely nailed it when you said uh, quantity uh, of, dra- of uh, guys we acquired. Really, outside of Hunjin Ryu, and arguably Taiwan Walker could be a, a two or three starter on most teams. We've got a, a, like a plethora of four and five rotation guys. We don't really have that number two piece that a Shoemaker and a Pearson were supposed to be this season. Right. Um, so I think we're going to see a little, bit of, a little bit of trouble behind Hunjin Ryu going the rest of the way here. So what are your thoughts on some of the general rule changes that have, that have occurred this season, you know, starting a runner on second base, um, obviously the universal DH doesn't really affect the, the blue Jays as much. Um, but yeah, what, what's your thoughts on, on starting the runner at second base and how is it really, how, how has it kind of impacted the blue Jays in any like extra inning games? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, uh, it's funny that you ask. I'm actually an umpire up here uh, in the summertime up here in Canada. And we typically yeah. in tournaments will do these international rules with, you run around second and the extra inning. Um, right. I'm a fan of it for this season. I hope it doesn't stick around. I think just because of the, the scene, the scene that we're in right now, like I don't know about every other team, like the Cardinals have played a ton of games in a, in a few days, the, the Orioles, the Nationals, the Phillies, the Marlins, of course. Yep. We can't have 19 inning games this year. It just can't happen. <laughs> no. There's not enough no. pitching. We're seeing pitchers and players dropping like flies with injuries due to the short ramp up time. So I, I think it's good for now. Um, it's definitely impacted the Jays a few times. We've put in the most one run games in, in the baseball this year. Uh, one, the majority of them, thankfully, or else we wouldn't be where we are. Uh, the right. record probably could be either be a lot better or a lot worse uh, in a lot of ways. But I, I think that extra inning rule, it's, it's good for now. I hope it doesn't continue on in the future. Um, I could see it being like, hey, if a game gets to the 15th inning, maybe we do it, but let the yeah. guys play for a bit. Because, I mean, I don't know about you. I love watching baseball, but after watching like seven or eight hour games that occasionally happen, even that's a little bit too much for me. Right, right. <laughs> um, the three batter minimum, that one, that's a little bit more, I guess, I can see why they're doing it. You, you have all these guys who come in, throw two pitches, then you got to wait another five minutes for the next guy to come in get warmed up. It's just a slow pace of play thing. Obviously our current commissioner, Rob Manfred is all about pace of play, whether or not he's right or wrong. I'm not hundred percent sure. Right. Um, I love watching pitchers hit. I know national league teams, a lot of most fans are against universal DH. I know why they're doing it right. The chicks dig the long ball arguments. Like it's a tale as old as time in baseball, but there are pitchers who can hit and I think for those guys, like even like the Zach Granke's who are down in the American League who are decent hitters or obviously the Madison Baumgarners uh, of the world are, are good hitters, but those guys are so few and far between. Most pitchers don't want to hit. I can see – I understand why they're doing it. I'm not sure what the plan is moving forward, if they're going to stick with it or not. I know the baseball wants to, but at the same time, I think the only rule that we'll see truly stick and, and be accepted is maybe the three batter minimum. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like the the runner at second base. Yeah, yeah, just probably for this season, just because it kind of adds a level of kind of um, urgency, I think, to the game that the, sure. the, that kind of, you know, the rest of the game kind of goes along kind of at the same pace. And then all of a sudden you're like, you got like immediate kind of like action. And I think that's, that's you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tricky because I agree that, like, maybe implementing it, like, after the 13th or something w- makes the most sense because I've seen so many extra inning games where it's, like, it's the 15th inning and no one has gotten on base for either team since, like, the bottom of the ninth or something, you know? Yeah. It's just, like, it's like what, are we, what are we doing here? So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that rule moving forward. So give me some thoughts. Um, on the Blue Jays' chances if they do uh, make the playoffs. Um, I know you were talking about, you know, concerns with some of the rotation pieces if they yeah. do get into a playoff, uh, playoff series. Um, yeah, what, what are your kind of thoughts on, on that? Yeah, the, the current roster as it is, it would be tough. Uh, I'd like our chances in a one-game wildcard play-in with, with Hunjin Ryu starting. The right. best of three series, obviously, of course, he's going to get the ball for one of them. Um, and then hopefully they're, they're talking about potentially Matt Shoemaker being back. I think Taiwan Walker probably starts game two. And then as of right now, out of the, my, one of my co-hosts, we call it a poo-poo platter of starting road pitchers that we have. I don't know who gets that third game. If it's Tanner Roark, it's Chase Anderson. I, I don't have confidence in really any of those other guys to not give up three or four home runs. Right. Walk a ton of batters. Uh, I like the offense. I think, with Bo coming back and word on the street is that Teoscar Hernandez is oblique is, is progressing faster than expected. So hopefully that's just minor. Maybe he can work his way back in. Um, yep. Obviously Rowdy's gone, but if they can get Bo back for sure and at least stabilize the top three in that order with him and probably Randall Gritchick and Kevin Biggio um, at one, two and three, I think we'll see a decent top six for sure it really comes down to what they can get at the bottom half of their order. Um, that's been a struggle for us most of the season. We've had, like I said, we've had guys like Panic and, and even Santiago Espinal, a younger guy, uh, right. play well for stretches, but the consistency just hasn't been there. Uh, we, we've seen way too many games where it takes us to the sixth inning to get, to get it going, and you can't be doing that in the playoffs because in a three-game playoff, teams are putting their best relievers out there every time and there's a lot of great bullpens in the American league this year. Yeah. So I think that if the Jays get into trouble in those playoff games mm-hmm. early, they'll have a hard time playing catch up, but the team's definitely with the talent. Um, not a lot of blue Jay fans were expecting the team to be, I guess with the record they are now, I think we were all expecting like maybe a five game below 500, like a 25 and 35 finish this season. Right. With an outside shot at, at, a, at a final wild card spot. But the fact that we're, like three and a half or whatever games behind the Rays for first in, in the East right now um, is pretty crazy. The team is definitely taking a step forward in the rebuilds and it definitely bodes well for, for going forward for a full length season next year. Um, obviously buying any unforeseen circumstances. I think the team is in good, good shape going there, but in terms of this year's playoffs, decent chance to, maybe get through the first round, but I don't see it going further than that. But either way, it would be a valuable experience. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you see this with a few teams, you know, every so mm-hmm. often where, you know, they're projected to be good in a few years, but then they kind of arrive earlier than expected. Um, I think it kind of happened with the Cubs and some of their young players a couple of years back. It happened totally. With the, Ast- 
happened with the Astros. A lot of people didn't expect them to kind of be as good as they were so early on. Um, you're seeing it kind of with the White Sox, how they're kind of really emerged uh, this season with a lot of their young players. Um, and now, yeah, now you're seeing it with the Blue Jays. So super, super interesting. And yeah, I agree. I think a full 162 game season um, next year will be, will be super interesting to see how, how this team takes it to kind of to the next level. So just kind of a side question um, that I usually ask kind of um, folks that are kind of making their first appearance on the podcast. So give me uh, your top three uh, kind of favorite Blue Jays of all time. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I mean, I was born in 93. So I was born about six months before the Jays won their second World Series in a row. So right, uh, I'd love to say guys like Robbie Alomar and Joe Carter and Dave Steed, but I, didn't, I don't really have memories of them besides <laughs> <I started> watching <laughs> yeah. old games. Uh, obviously, all great players. For me, I, I started watching baseball when I was about six years old, and that was about the time when, when Carlos Delgado was just hammering home runs right. all over the ballpark. So he was definitely the guy that, I, that, I really, that really helped me fall in love with baseball. Um, my all-time favorite player, though, is, is, is Roy Doc Holliday. Uh, rest in peace. But, man, he was yeah. just so good for so long. Uh, definitely – I don't think I missed a start in his Blue Jays career unless I was like sick or away. But if I was yeah. near TV, I was watching Doc every fifth day. Uh, some of my best Blue Jay memories are of his uh, 03 Cy Young season um, right. and just watching him just carve up the Yankees and the Red Sox. Like great, great lineups then still. And he just absolutely just destroyed everyone. He still holds the record for complete games since like the turn of the, turn of the millennium, I think, in, in baseball. And he hasn't pitched since like 2011. Yeah, so, crazy. Uh, he was like one of the last true like workhorse pitchers. Him and like guys like Verlander and Scherzer, guys who just like hate to come out of ball games and will like tell the manager to, to go somewhere when he starts going out to the mound, right? Uh, <laughs> right and then, and then right. my last guy, I had a hard time. I always have a hard time saying this. I want to pick a current guy though. I'm, I'm actually going to say Kevin Vigio. Uh, okay. I have a huge respect for how his father Craig played the game. Just right. hard nose, multiple uh, positions. Obviously, Craig played catcher in middle infield, um, which is a weird combination. But Kevin's just got like he's got it all, right? He can take the walks. He's got a great command of the strike zone. He knows exactly where pitches are. Huge contact hitter, and the versatility on on, on defense is huge. But hits home runs, hits for average. He hasn't in his career yet been caught stealing, so he's perfect for him stealing bases. And he has like nineteen or twenty in his career so far. So he's just an incredibly intelligent baseball player. Um, I just ordered a jersey for Cavabiccio. So I think that kind of cements him in my current current roster at Blue Jays lore. And then just to add a couple more names, obviously Joey Bats, um, right. the kind of resurgence of career, just a guy who didn't figure it out until he was 29, which you see that more and more these days. Guys just don't get playing time. Then all of a sudden one hitting coach or one manager tweaks their swing a little way and then they go hit 54 home runs. Uh, so he was always a guy that I loved too. And, and, uh, and Josh Donaldson was, was great in his time with us. Yeah. Um, yep. Obviously ended poorly, but I'm glad to see him doing well with, with the twins and hope we don't have to play him in the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's a great list. I mean, Carlos Delgado, um, he was, you know, uh, he was a great, great, great player. Um, yeah. And it's weird because like, I think he retired. I'm looking here on his baseball reference. He retired in 2009, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't that long ago now, I guess. But like, you don't really hear him coming up in conversations that often. And to me, he's kind of like a, he was, he's kind of like belongs in like the hall of like the very good. I don't know if he's a hall, yeah. but he's like, he's like really, he was really, really good. I mean, he finished his, career, 
finished his career with 473 home runs, uh, batted 280 with a 383 on base and a 546 slugging and nine, a 929 OPS. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there might be worse players in the Hall of Fame than Delgado, but yeah, he was, he was great. He was great. He was super there, fun there to watch. There definitely are worse players in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and, and the fact that Carlos didn't make it past the first ballot, I still see it as a crime. Um, he's, he's one of the guys who was more, a more underappreciated slugger during the steroids era. He was never connected to any of that stuff. Yep. Um, yep. Obviously, he played, for, he played for three teams. He had his, like a, a, a cup of coffee with the Marlins in 05, and he played a season there. But uh, definitely one of, the, one of the greatest Blue Jays of all time. He still holds a lot of records for us. I remember the game when he hit four home runs. Uh, and, just, and he was like really the pioneer of some early bat flipping days. Like he flipped a couple bats in that game, and I'm sure he robbed up a couple <laughs> of those old school pitchers back in the early 2000s. But, yeah, 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 just the amount, the, the amount of consistency he had. Like it was something like nine or ten seasons in a row where he hit over 30 home runs. So he was right. a consistent slugger for just for 10 years, for a decade and a half. And, and yeah, the fact that he – didn't even get two years on the Hall of Fame ballot as a bit of a crime. He's a guy that maybe the Veterans Committee someday votes him in, but yeah, um, definitely, like you said, the Hall of a very good for sure, and, and definitely an underappreciated player of the that late '90s, early 2000s era. All right, Justin, thanks so much for uh, for joining me today. So, where can people uh, find you on Twitter? Find you online? Where can people listen to the podcast? Yeah, my pleasure, Mike. So. We, we host a show on Anchor. Um, you can find us anywhere, though. Spotify, iTunes, Apple. Uh, our Twitter profile is at BFMD Podcast. Uh, we don't really post on anywhere, anywhere else. We have an Instagram profile, but I don't think we've touched it really. Uh, we're definitely a Twitter pod, so find us there. Uh, check out the show on all those great platforms. Um, and, yeah, just hit us up if you ever want to come on the show. We'd always love talking to you. I know uh, – Portland's a great city. I've actually visited there a few times. So the fact that you guys don't have a, uh, a professional team outside of the, out of the Blazers is a crime. So I hope you guys can get a baseball team someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like it's down to Nashville, Portland, and Charlotte, North Carolina. So, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we get one one day. Even to the West Coast. East doesn't need any more teams. I know, I know, I know. It's so true. <laughs> All right, Justin. Well, thanks a lot, man. Take care. No problem. Thanks, Michael. So great stuff there from Justin of the Bat Flips and Maple Dips Blue Jays podcast. So that'll wrap things up for this episode of Big League Chewing. I have been Mike Brown. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Big League Chewing, or you can find me on Twitter at ChewingCast. Thank you so much, and I will see you next week.